Let's get into the word tonight. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter eight, and we're going to start in verse one. And I want to talk tonight for a little bit about walking in the spirit. And I think this is so crucial with what happened this weekend with E1 and E2. And many of you are, are very, um, uh, very versed in walking in the spirit, but I promise you, man, it, it's, it's life-changing because it takes religion and, and Christianity into a living relationship, walking in the spirit, operating in the spirit. And there's so much that's tied and connected to it. So let's start Romans eight and verse one it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I like this verse a lot. And I have used this verse time and time again with young people. And they'll come to me and they're like, I'm just so messed up and I made a big mistake. And I'm like, brother or sister, it's okay. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But for whatever reason, I've only memorized the first half of it. And I seem to always forget the latter half of it. Let's read it. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In the e-course, and, and again, I'm not sure who, who all I've shared this with, so if you've heard this before, please forgive me and just kind of bear with me for the moment, but the illustration really drives a point home. I shared with the e-course, and maybe you've heard me say this before, but the dog that gets fed is the dog that gets fat. And, and I, I love using this illustration because I have dogs. I love dogs. It's the superior pet. There's some dog people in the house tonight. Come on. Seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit. Amen. But joy is. It's okay to laugh in church every once in a while. So the superior pet. Cat people are like giving me death stares right now. Um, we have two dogs and we feed them very well and they're very healthy. So please don't misunderstand me. And I'm in no way, shape or form advocating for uh, animal abuse in any way, shape or form. Okay. But if I was to feed one dog and, and nourish that dog and make sure it had everything it needed to grow and thrive and survive and be healthy and strong and exercise all of its cognitive abilities. And I make sure we, we feed this dog all the time. And then I have another one that we just lock up in a kennel and we just give it just enough to survive. And, you know, it makes it on the commercial, you know, where they're singing and trying to get you to donate money because the poor animal is completely just malnourished. I'm, I'm, I know it's graphic. I'm painting the imagery here, okay? And if I was to take those two same dogs and put a giant pile of food in the kitchen and turn them both loose to fight for the death over the pile of food in the center of the kitchen, undoubtedly, the dog that is starving to death will have a little more fight in their spirit, but ultimately, they're not going to have the energy to outlast the one who has been nourished. So the dog that gets fed is the dog that gets fat. Let's read Romans 8 one, one more time. 
and we'll tie it together. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who, walk, who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but rather according to the spirit. The dog that gets fed is the dog that gets fat. What are we feeding on a day-to-day basis? Or are we just coming to church on a Sunday and getting just enough to survive, just enough to stay saved, just enough to make it, just enough to one day hopefully make it to heaven, and I'm going to live like the rest of the world and feed my flesh Monday through Sunday, and then I get one service on a weekend that just enough to keep my spirit just barely alive. And then we get frustrated with God because we don't understand why we don't walk in victory and power. Come on, somebody help me here this evening. The dog that gets fed is the dog that gets fat. What are we feeding? Or let me phrase it differently to match Romans. And what are you walking? The reality is the word walk is a verb. It's, it's, a, it's a verb. I like the verbs, they're, they're do it words. That means we physically have to, to do something in order to get a reaction, in order to get a response. And the, the, the cold, hard reality of it is, is we are feeding something every day. And we get to choose. I am, I am a hyper-spiritual. I, I am. The guys in the e-course heard all about it. I'm one of those Holy Ghost rollers, shake, rattle, and roll, and we just call everything a demon and pray in tongues for hours a day and just... That's me. But we have to come to the reality that sometimes not everything is a demon, and sometimes I need to do. Okay, let's... For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On the account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but rather according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on... oh. Those who walk, let me read that again. For those who walk according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit... Come on, let's, t- let's break it apart tonight. What, is, what does Paul say in Ephesians 4.23? He says that you would be renewed in the spirit of your The battlefield is always the mind. The temptation will always come into the mind before it breeds into sin. Anybody who is walking as a victorious believer in Jesus Christ and wanting to do the right thing, and I believe we all do. Amen? I really do. I believe we're all wanting to walk victoriously, filled with power, filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, just ready to kick devil butt and take ground for the kingdom of God. I really believe, especially here at Oceans, I believe that's our heart and that's our desire. So if that is really our heart and really our desire, none of us go out with the intention to fall. For those who live according to the flesh... They set their minds 
on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. There's a renewing that needs to take place in the spirit of our mind. And the more we walk in the spirit, watch this, the more he changes your mind. That's why Matthew 6, is so powerful when he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto thee. It's not so that you can have a red Lamborghini and 10 beach houses on Vero Beach. Because the reality is, is when you seek him first, there's a renewal that begins to take place in the mind and in the heart of every believer. And now all of a sudden, the things that you thought you wanted begin to shift. And from what used to be in the flesh of I need to be a millionaire and I need to be this and I need to be a superstar and I need to be a rock star. All of a sudden, you're really content with that red Toyota Corolla. Because your mind has been renewed. There's a shifting that takes place from desiring the things of the flesh to desiring the things of the spirit. And when that shift takes place, you become really dangerous for the devil. Because before he would get you to trip up. Because those who walk according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. So all he would have to do is show you something. Ever been tripped up by just a picture? Or the Powerball sign going down the highway? <laughs> Got him. Got him, Lord. Right there. Listen, seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Can I get an amen? It's okay to laugh in church. We'll talk about it later in Galatians 5. It isn't. Seriousness isn't a fruit of the Spirit, but joy is. And laughter does the heart well. Okay. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And there are so many Christians walking around on a day-to-day -day basis desperately desiring peace in their lives and they cannot find it. I'll read it again for you. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and is peace. As soon as we shift our perspective off the things of the flesh, and into the things of the Spirit, the life that you're looking for, the peace that you're looking for, we'll get, it goes a lot deeper than this, into provision and protection and dominion and power and all the other things. We're, but we're just laying, we're taking our time with it. Is that okay? But peace is only going to be found in the presence of the Lord. Peace is really only going to be found walking in the Spirit. You will not find peace walking in the flesh. You will only find anxiety, despair, depression. I'll read it. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please
I want to please God. I want to be a vessel that is fit for the master's use. Oh, let's read that. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2. You're going to have to bear with me. It's just me and old blue tonight. 2 Timothy 2 and 20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared. I want to be a vessel that is fit for the master's use. Watch this every day of the week, not just on Sundays. Watch this. I want you to be a vessel that is fit for the master's use every day of the week. But we got to get in the spirit and get out of the flesh. But you are not in the flesh, but rather in the spirit. Verse 9. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. Romans, Romans 8, verse 9. It says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, does the spirit of God dwell in you? Say, I have access. Oh, I have sweet, sweet access to walking and being in the Spirit because the, the, the Spirit of the living God dwells in me. And if He dwells in me, then I have, I have access. The only thing stopping me from being in the Spirit is me. Boy, I love to chase devils and blame everything on the devil, but sometimes it's not the devil, it's me. Sometimes I'm my own biggest problem. Sometimes I'm my own biggest enemy. We can call it a Leviathan and a this and a that and a Jezebel and, and chase every demon out of town, but sometimes it just flat out is just me. And our flesh can scream so loud in our ear. I lived recklessly for 12, you know, I found out this weekend, just a little side note, that I'm really bad at math. I thought I was really good at it, eh? But for like 11 years now, I've been telling everybody that my BC days was 11 years long and come to find out from nine years old to 21 years old is actually 12 years. And as many people as I've told this, I'm assuming you're bad, your math is bad too, because ain't nobody ever corrected me. <laughs> but for 12 years of my life, I lived recklessly, running away from God with everything inside of me in the BC days. And everything I did, BC before Christ. Okay, all right. Everything I did, though, I was trying to fulfill some form of lust in my flesh. Chasing money, 
chasing the next high. And I didn't do any crazy hard drugs. I didn't. I dabbled a little bit with some green stuff, but that was as far as it got with me. I, I drank. Again, fulfilling the lust of my flesh. Slept around, try, trying to fulfill this void that I couldn't fill. Walking in the flesh. And it only took me to a darker and darker place as I got older and as I got older. And I'm so thankful to God that I met him again at 21. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. To whom do you belong? Let's jump over to Galatians 5 real quick. And we're going to camp here for just a minute. Galatians 5 and 16. We are a tripart being, spirit, soul, and body, right? And so when we talk about walking in the flesh. It's not physically talking about just walking in like flesh, like our skin, right? So let's take a look at what the word says about it in Galatians 5 and 16. It says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So there's this constant battle that's going on. Come on, I don't know about you, but like, you ever been there and you're like, I'm gonna be real Christian tonight and I'm gonna read my Bible before I go to bed. And you open the Bible up and you're like, okay, doing the thing. And you get about three verses in and you're like, you're out, gone. You meant to read the whole chapter, but you got three verses in. There's a couple people laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Or, or let's take the other spiritual side of it. You're like, this is the morning. You know, pastor says, early will I seek you. So I'm going to wake up. I set my alarm for four o'clock and I'm going to go pray in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to have an amazing time in worship. And you hit the snooze button about 17 times. And then you realize. <laughs> Amen. We got some real people in the church tonight. Hallelujah. There's a war going on, on the inside of us. The flesh does not want to do the things of the spirit because the reality is, is when you feed one, you starve the... The dog that gets fed is the dog that gets fat. So the more I feed my spirit, my flesh is starving to death. And unfortunately for me, I had 12 years of only feeding one. So it was a little strong. Come on, am I helping anybody tonight? We wonder why this battle is, is so intense on the inside of us because I, I, I really do believe that the intention of all of us in this place is to do it and to do it right. You wouldn't be here right now if that wasn't your heart. But that battle on the inside is so real. 
Verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Here we go. This is what it looks like to walk in the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Nobody has an issue so far, right? We all agree that's very much in the flesh. Idolatry. Uh Uh-oh. Let's talk about idolatry for just a minute. Because many of us have this idea and this preconceived notion that idolatry is a golden calf. And replacing our worship with some foreign object for the moment. But an idol in our lives is anything that would, you would exalt above God. As a believer, Jesus Christ should sit on the throne of your heart. He should be the highest priority in your life. So the reality is, is idolatry can be a lot of different things, not just a golden calf on the bottom of a mountain. It can be finances. It can be hobbies. It can be clothing, physical looks, cheesecake. There we go. Come on, let's be real. Gluttony is a sin. Maybe you can only have one piece, but baby, I need the whole pie. If we're real, we're all guilty of this list. Because idolatry is a lot bigger than what we think. Anything, literally anything that we put above God in our lives. Our job. Relationships of all sorts. Friendships, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband and wife. That's not the God-ordained order. He's supposed to be at the top. That's the only way this thing right here works is if he's at the top. Are you with me? So there's a lot that can be wrapped up in idolatry. Sorcery. We're all good with that one. Hatred. Okay. Contentions. Jealousies. Really like the neighbor's car. Come on. I don't even know what my neighbor drives. I'm using it as an example. Somebody in here just thought I really do like my neighbor's car. <laughs> Jealousies. And he's not talking about godly Holy Ghost jealousy, where you see somebody on fire for the Lord and you desire the same relationship that they have, because I think that's a very God ordained thing, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. Outbursts of wrath. Oh, I felt that. Come on. The Chick-fil-A drive through line, it, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> On I-95, when you have a four lanes of traffic and the magnet effect happens and you can't get past anybody. I'll leave it. <laughs> Selfish ambitions. Oh, God, help us tonight. Selfish ambitions. Don't we see this even in church? Oh, pastor, you don't know how anointed I am. 
dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, this is bold language. That's strong. You partake in this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm literally just reading scripture. That scares the daylights out of me because I read this list and I'm like, you know, I, there's been times where I've been guilty of some of this stuff. But the fruit of the spirit is seriousness and grumpiness and bad attitude and frustration and no, I'm sorry. Yes. The fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Understand this. When you walk in the Spirit, a tree does not naturally just begin to grow fruit. It's cultivated. So walking in the Spirit is the process that begins to develop this. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's a process. See, we can get so upset in the process because we, we, we begin to walk in the Spirit and we start doing the right things and we start doing the right things right. And then we read this list of the fruit of the Spirit and we go, ah, oh, well, gee, I, you know, I've got love and two days a week I got joy, you know, except for Tuesdays because traffic's terrible. Peace, I, you know, I'm doing okay there. Long suffering, Lord knows I ain't got that one right. Kindness, you know, about one day a week. Goodness, well, you know, when my wife treats me well. Faithfulness, you know, when, when things are going okay. Gentleness, I ain't got that right. Self-control, oh, forget it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's a process. Walking in the Spirit begins to develop this. But don't get so disappointed that you just can't fulfill the full list right out the gate. I'm still working on self-control. Put a cheesecake in front of me and watch. Come on, can we be real in the house of the Lord tonight? And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Oh, those who are Christ have crucified the passions in flesh. Understand that death is a seed for resurrection. Death is a seed for resurrection. And as it was with Jesus, he had a death, a burial, and a resurrection. So it is with every believer that there should be a death, a burial, and a resurrection. And in order for me to resurrect as a new creation in Christ, something has to die. Oh, and I need to make sure that the flesh just continues to die. I want to keep starving the flesh out and feeding my spiritual man 
that when I walk in the Spirit, I'm strengthened in the Spirit, that I grow in the Spirit, that I mature in the Spirit, that the Spirit of my mind is renewed, and then the gifts of the Spirit would begin to manifest in my life, but it takes a process. For if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's go back to Romans 8 real quick, and we'll finish up here. Romans 8 and 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For as many that are as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What does what what a son make you? There, there's so many things. If I go back to my hometown and anybody that has ever met my father, even if they've never met me, unfortunately, I got his haircut. But I don't have to be around them very long to hear the comment cut from the same cloth, hey boy. Or there's no denying it, you're Jess's boy. As a son, come on. As a son, I have certain qualities that mirror my father. So that when you see me, you know exactly where I came from and what cloth I have been cut out of. Those who all oh, come on, you're getting it. I can see you're, you're picking it up. If I want to represent the God of the universe, in the right way. I need to be led by the Spirit and I need to walk continually in the Spirit because as I walk in the Spirit, it says that I am a son of God. I will never attain perfection. I will never be a little Christ. I will never be a little God and that's not the doctrine I'm trying to preach at all. But you will take on the qualities of your Father. Watch this. As a son in a house of a good father, you don't worry about your needs. Come on, we're gonna pick this apart for a little bit. Because see, as a son, if I know my daddy is a good daddy and I'm his son, a good father will always take care of the needs of his son. So that means when you walk in the Spirit, 
you shall lack nothing. Come on, this isn't prosperity preaching. You're not, I'm not saying you're going to get a Ferrari and 10 beach houses, but what I will say is you can have peace in the fact that regardless of what's going on in the economy, regardless of what's going on around the world, he will provide for his children. Are you a son of God? Watch this. I got a story. Can I tell a story? I'm actually doing okay on time, so we're gonna little rabbit run. When I was at, when I was probably about, um, and I don't know if my dad's watching tonight or not. He'll correct me tomorrow. Um, I stand a correction, but I believe I was about ten or eleven in this story. We had a wooden picnic table in front of our house, and I I thought for sure I was gonna be Dave Mira. And I don't know if you guys know who Dave Mira is, but any of the wonderful '90s babies will know he was like a, a BMX pro you know, like they do the cool tricks on the bicycles. So I was like at a, like 10 or 11, I'm like, this is me. And I pulled my bike all the way up on this picnic table and I'm gonna jump my bike off the picnic table and this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> Fully persuaded in my head, I knew exactly what it was, just like it is on the video games. And I'd pedal, pedal, pedal and press X three times and I'd do a sweet flip off of it and land and roll away and all the neighbor kids would be like, yeah, you're the best. My dad came home right as I got the bike. He was just getting off work right as I got the bike on top of the, 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 the uh, picnic table. And he walks up the stairs and he looks to the, the, to the right and he says, boy, I wouldn't do what you're about to do. And he went on back in the house. I got this, Dad. Off I go. Did not have anywhere near the strength, the ability, the agility. I'm not at all Dave Mira. The front end of the bike fell down. I hit a flip. I was all tangled up in the bike. I'm crying. I mean, I'm screaming bloody murder. I was all wound up, more scared than hurt. He opens up the door and he pokes his head out. And he said, you learn anything? And shut the door and went back in the house. <laughs> There's per point to the story. See, a good dad knows when you need to kind of make your own mistakes because sometimes failure is the best teacher. But let me tell you something. If anybody ever picked on me, Papa Bear would come out in a hurry. Are you a son of God or not? Because as a son, I had the ultimate protector. Oh, come on, somebody pick it up. See, sometimes you'll, you'll go through things and you'll wonder if God was sitting there watching, but the reality is, is failure is sometimes the best teacher. But when it really comes push to shove and when everything is pushing against you and the enemy starts to persecute you and the enemy starts to come in like a flood, oh, Papa Bear's behind you. Who's backing you? Who's backing you? I have a story about that with my own father. Can I share that one too? fourth grade, I was accused of hacking the school's mainframe and changing everybody's grades in school. You are laughing as if this is a joke. This is the, it's the honest truth. The Lord is my witness. 
and I got called to the office. I was threatened with suspension and expulsion and all this other stuff. And I called my dad crying. I said, dad, they're going to expel me and this, that, and the other. He said, did you do it? I said, no, sir. He said, don't worry, boy, I'm on my way. He didn't sign in. He didn't even shut the truck off. That door flung open and the front doors of the school, they flung open and I could hear them coming down the hall and I'm sitting in front of the vice principal. I said, you better get ready because he's coming. Oh, come on, pick it up. Are you a son of God? Because you can do the same thing with the devil. You can pick on me, devil, but he's coming. I got all of heaven behind me. I know who backs me. As a son, when the day comes that my father goes on to glory, there will be property and or a boat. All depends on whether he sells it or not. Come on. But how many of you know when he goes on, there's an inheritance. As a son, it's my right as an inheritance. And I have an inheritance in the kingdom. And the quality of the kingdom, the qualities of the kingdom are my inheritance. Somebody say, I'm a king's baby. Are you a son of God? But you need to be led by the spirit. You have to walk in the spirit. It is a precursor. It is a prerequisite of being a son of God. If your dad is a king and he owns all of the land, how many of you know that gives you right and dominion? I'm trying so hard not to jump and shout right now. Right and dominion. It gives you an authority. Do you know who my daddy is? Come on, it changes the way that you pray. It changes the way that you address things. Do you know who my daddy is? It doesn't allow for cockiness. It doesn't allow for, for, for disrespect. Are you with me? But the devil never respected you anyways, so pay him back what, okay, all right. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out.
my God. Father, we don't deserve this. you are too good to us. Lord, I pray tonight in Jesus' name that every person under the sound of my voice would catch this revelation and begin to do all that they could on a day-to-day basis to walk hand-in-hand with you, Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name for a deeper relationship with you for every individual, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, Father, not for the things, Lord, just because we love you. Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you for provision. We thank you for protection. We thank you for dominion and authority and inheritance and all of the amazing things that you give that we do not deserve. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just move right now. That you would touch your people tonight. That you would help us to walk in the Spirit. That our minds would be renewed in the Spirit. That we would no longer live carnally minded and by the things of the flesh, but God, that we would do things rather being led by your spirit. Father, I thank you. And I give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen.